Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of the <clears throat> Red Carpeted Trailer Trash Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the incomparable Connor Rock. What's up? How's it How's it going? It's going pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Do you know what I did today? Uh, there's no... Clean your apartment? Oh, I, do, I do that every day. I'm the fucking... I'm the, I'm the cleaning man. But no. I have given myself... The, my third quarantine haircut, but, but this one is special because I used I actually used like scissors and not well the the second one was at my parents' house with the Floby you you know what the Floby is it's like a vacuum with the buzzers yeah you've yeah. you've explained it to me before because I was like what the fuck is a Floby yeah I, for, I don't remember if we've talked about it on here we probably have I talk about the Floby all the time it's the best product it doesn't they don't they discontinued it they don't make it anymore but you can still get them on eBay. So it's a like a, a pair of clippers that attaches to a vacuum hose, so it just like sucks the hair up to it, and it has like an adjustable length thing at the end, so it sucks the hair up through it, clips it, you can just zip and you're done. You you can cut your hair. So that was the second time I cut, I cut my hair during quarantine was with that because my parents own one. First time was with a makeshift shitty one I made out of cardboard and my beard trimmer and our like home vacuum cleaner. But this time it was all it was all just scissors and eyeballing it. And I gotta say, it looks a lot better than I thought it would. That's that's good news. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how low your expectations were, but hopefully they were high so that you ex- still exceeded them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't super low, but I absolutely expected it to look like you know patchy and uneven. And honestly, I, going into it, I wasn't entirely sure. I wasn't just gonna accidentally like shear off a chunk of my hair and have like kind of a weird bald spot but mm-hmm. i do i mean it will not hold up to professional scrutiny of like an actual hairdresser which i don't have i don't have this i have a lot of hairdressers in my family but we're not gonna see them this year for thanksgiving obviously um why uh you know <laughs> <laughs> is something going on <laughs> no it's just kind of family stuff you know it's not not anything in the world <laughs> i'll be honest I will never get tired of that joke. <laughs> that, it, uh, that absolutely floored me for a second. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, why? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean, what? <laughs> you, just had the, you just had that sudden, oh no, am I actually insane? Did these last nine months not happen? I don't know. Were you expecting me to like have everyone in my family get tested or like quarantine and then just come together for Thanksgiving anyway? I don't... I don't know. I, it was either insanity or some ex- extreme preparation. But uh, yeah. I mean, your family is a bunch of preppers. That's true, but not not this not for just casual disease. Well, not casual disease, but casual holidays <laughs> in a pandemic. It's more of like real shit hitting the real fan, and then mm-hmm. then we'll go to the school bus bunker, which doesn't exist legally. Wink, wink. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, haircuts. My exciting news is pretty much all I got going for me today. Uh, what, what have you been up to? How's how's the world been treating you? Well, um, not a whole lot of news. Especially, I decided when I was going to take my last few days of vacation that I'm going to use up this year, and Maybe. I decided basically that I'm going to just extend my my Christmas, my time back home for Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm taking the the Monday after Thanksgiving, 
the Friday before Christmas and the Sunday after, or the Monday after Christmas. I'm t- I'm taking all of them off. Well, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, so do you? Are are you having a big family get together? Are you guys saying fuck fuck it and quarantine and live our lives? Or? Oh my my family doesn't get along with our extended family. Uh, so it's just gonna be you guys at the. But you got quite a few siblings, I guess. So it's going to be a bigger thing. Yeah, but they then. don't really get along with each other either. <laughs> um, <laughs> this may be a concerning statement to make, but <laughs> I'm the most agreeable person in my oh, family. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, they'll still be nice, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. So they. And we'll see how it goes. Um, I normally just kind of sit back and don't really say a whole lot and just kind of enjoy my food. That is the way to do it. So we usually for Thanksgiving go up to my dad's family in Harrisburg. um, Mm -hmm. And they're like the... uh, I don't know how to put this politely. They're a bunch of borderline alcoholics. And if any of them listen to this, I might get in trouble, but I doubt that will ever happen. Uh, <laughs> so I, I you said borderline yeah i mean they just they drink a lot more than anyone like other people i know above the age of like 30 mm-hmm. oh my dad and all his friends are definitely alcoholics okay so we'll just throw our whole families under the bus here and it's the the family under the bus oh my said. mom's not an alcoholic i don't know what you're talking about and then like i said we don't really talk much to our, to our in-laws so to our extended family so not really much of a comment to make in that direction but uh yeah so we usually go up there and that was if had this not been pandemic times i feel like that would have really put a damper on my no drinking in november cuz that they would have like not it been 100% about that at would all. have <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you're not drinking and i would have been like all right i guess but, yeah, would have really, it would have taken the amount of, you would have been, how, how's the way to, to put this? You would re- have required the peer pressure equivalent of the force required to break your collarbone. <laughs> so not very much. Yeah, the collarbone is the weakest bone in the body. Yeah, when it comes to like drinking or just kind of shenanigans, I I am so easy to peer pressure. Like the last Well, I, I've always maintained that I am very easy to peer pressure if I actually want to do it. But if I don't want to do it, then I'll just say to go fuck yourself. I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Cuz I guess yeah, it's it's like for drinking I'd be like, "All right, I guess." But like if they're like, "Here, mainline this heroin." I'd be like, "Probably not." I'd be dude. like, "Um, no, and now I'm just gonna leave and probably not come back. Going to mom's family from now on because this was fucking weird. <laughs> like I realized this is Harrisburg. Is this a but Harrisburg? Is, is this a pun or is it? Are they like notorious for heroin? I was gonna make a joke about them being notorious for heroin, but I don't know that. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I mean, Harrisburg is. It's a city, so they could have some heroin. I thought. Where's uh? Where's your mother from? Uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Oh, I don't know fuck all about Altoona. It's so. kind of like a small. I don't even know if it has like an official town in it. It's kind of just like an area with like 
stuff. Oh, in that case, that would definitely be the place that you'd expect the heroin to be. Yeah, it, it is kind of right in the middle of, like, opioid country. So Appalachia, the yeah. entirety of the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> yep. Or uh, some sometimes all of America these days, who knows? And this is the part of the podcast where we talk about depressing shit. Ooh, that reminds me. Did you see the thing that went viral a, a while ago that was, what is classy when you're rich, but trashy if you're poor? Um, Maybe. It's ringing a bell, but I can't think of it. Oh, it was no. It was just like a, like a question on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was like um, some of the some of the examples were speaking speaking multiple languages. Okay. Uh, living in tiny houses. Um, doing drugs. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like cocaine is one of them. That's what I mean. Did did you have uh, an input for this too, or was? Oh, I'm trying. I, well, those are just like the big ones, but I was just thinking. I was going to say probably was, still was just, not heroin. Uh, I don't know. Philip Seymour. <laughs> I don't think that it would be considered classy, but Philip Seymour Hoffman did heroin. Didn't he die from doing heroin? Isn't that his whole deal? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't. I think that's the opposite of classy. Dude, I forgot about Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Why does this? Why why is this ringing bells? Philip Seymour Hoffman is great. He was an excellent actor. Yeah, when did he, he died in twenty fourteen? What was he in? Charlie Wilson's War. Okay. Um, that's the one that I always remember. I just I, I for some reason I remember I forgot about this. I have like relearned a thing about my life. I remember this hitting me real hard. In 2014, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman died, and I don't remember why. I mean, he was an excellent actor. He, I think, he played Truman Capote. Um, I don't really know. I, I, I am terrible at. Rem- Strangely enough, like if you t- ask me about a movie, I can usually tell you a bunch of the actors that were in it. But if you ask me to tell you an actor's filmography, I'm terrible at it. Yeah, that's. I feel like there's only a very there's a few amount of actors that I actually could rail out like uh, their their filmography. Ray Ray Fiennes, Harry Potter one, Harry Potter two. <laughs> <laughs> Just go through every Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm looking through his uh, his filmography right now, and I don't know what it was that it. I mean, he's in the Big Lebowski, but I don't feel like that was that big of a deal. I like at least to me. I mean, I know a lot of people love that movie, and I don't want to sit here and even kind of shit on the Big Lebowski. I mean, it's a good movie. I think it's overrated, uh, but I think I think there's some excellent, excellent parts. But I don't see it as like this. The this almighty film that people put up to it. I, Very cool movie though. I, I, Got me interested in White Russians. That is, isn't that what he? The drink's pretty drinks. good. The, <laughs> the drink's pretty good too. Damn it! All right. Um, I think that movie gained a lot of traction because it has it has like the stoner vote. It's the same reason oh, like 100%. Pineapple Express is popular. Well, no, the, the Big Lebowski. I don't think they even mention weed. He's just a slacker. Yeah, like I, it's, okay, so it's different. Yeah, because I guess Pineapple Express is all about weed, 
That was a bad comparison. Yeah, as opposed to, like, super... Like, there were a bunch... Basically, every Seth Rogen movie is tangentially about weed, but that one was explicitly and entirely about weed. Yeah. Like, the second... the supporting character was his drug dealer. Yeah, and that I don't know that movie was okay. I think I've seen it once. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. I do. I do like James Franco. Although he is he is he bad now? Is he canceled? We- he was. Uh, he there was something that came up with that HBO movie or series that he was in. Uh, I don't. I want to say it was Deuce is is what the show is called. Sure. Uh, but it's like apparently he was too aggressive uh, d- during like the the acting for one of the scenes or something. I don't really remember. Uh, I also didn't particularly care because I never saw the show and I didn't really hear much about what was going on at the time. So I was just like. This will work itself out. <laughs> and apparently it has. All right. So uh, on that note, should we talk about what we're going to talk about this week? Sure. I think we've uh, we teased it the last couple episodes. And we will be discussing The Haunting of Bly Manor this week, which is based upon the story The Turn of the Screw. Uh, it is a ghost story. Turn of the Screw was considered one of the m- most famous classic ghost stories of all time and uh they made it they made a few additions and some changes uh and made it into a follow-up miniseries uh by the same director as the haunting of hill house so connor yeah what'd you think so this before we get get into it this is the second turning of the screw movie media we've done on this podcast right because wasn't there the like turn of the screw or some horror movie that came out yeah it came out in january i didn't actually go and see it uh but we discussed it we like looked ahead oh that's back when we could still do trailers yeah so Mm -hmm. so this is it's been a big year for uh charles dickens i don't know who wrote it i don't remember you may have just said it too no, no, it was Henry James. I Henry don't James. think that I did say it. All right, so uh, I we we've talked a bit about uh, Hill House, and maybe we did a whole episode on Hill House. I don't honestly remember. Yes, we did. We've decided that it's good stuff uh, to, to give the TLDR of it, and this one, I honestly I liked it more. I think that last episode you said that might not be the case for you, and we can discuss that. Uh, in a little bit but uh just for basic uh plot points is that it centers around a nanny who is hired to go look after some kids with a you know kind of troubled past uh as far as their parents and more recently their nanny committed suicide but she drowned herself in the lake or so it seems Uh, that's yeah so the the general you learn in the first 10 or 15 minutes that this american uh au pair or sort of teacher slash nanny uh has just moved to england and is interviewing for a position to teach this rich man's niece and nephew uh because their parents died on some trip 
somewhere, and then their previous au pair uh, died because she had supposedly drowned in. Uh, she supposedly drowned herself, or uh, that's there's there's sort of question about like what even happened with that. Uh, it's believed that she just was so depressed over the loss of some some lover that she killed herself. Yeah. Uh, and and then this is basically about the the hauntings that they encounter from various ghosts on the premises. Yeah, and uh, so. It's it delivers on pretty much all the points I think Hill House did, um, you know a lot of spooky stuff in the background for the viewer. Some of it's not even ever. I mean, most of it's addressed. Some of it isn't. I guess. Well, I don't think so. I'm talking about the Civil War guy, who like has recently been found. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't I don't remember if when they describe all the ghosts there that he was mentioned, he may have been. It doesn't really matter. He was. Okay. Well then, so, but all of it's explained, but it's still there throughout. They got another good like, um, the like the red room or the door, the room with the red door moment at the at the end of the series where like if you watch it again, you can look back and see instances of something that is revealed later on. Uh, although this one's a lot more obvious, I think, because I picked up on it pretty quick. Um, but but all in all, it's it's got it, it hits all the same notes. Um, I I liked it better, and I I, I will go to you after this. But I I just liked I don't know. I think it was, it was I liked the framing of it better. I don't necessarily think the story was more interesting. I did. I think like the characters better and I like how it was all just at the house rather than following five siblings around day to day dealing with the hauntings. I don't know. I'm, I, I like a horror movie that's confined that has boundaries, I suppose. Um, but yeah, what'd you, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think I'm the exact opposite. I much preferred the characters in the, in the Hill house. Uh, this, my biggest critique is one. I don't know what fucking accent, uh, Danny the I don't know remember the actress's name was using. It bugged me the entirety of the nine episodes. I just couldn't ignore it. So wait, that's it was the, like the main character, the American. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know what this. that accent was. It was. It was. <laughs> well, the reason I noticed it was an accent is because she also played Nell. In the first series, in the Haunting of Hill House, yeah, and so like it was clearly different, and all I could think is, where the fuck is she supposed to be from? Um, the I and this is the problem with this, and this is probably just my bias, but the having read the source material, like a lot of the changes they made just seemed unnecessary and superfluous for no reason. Uh, but the story, the underlying story seemed more interesting because in the book itself, it wasn't Peter Quint, who is, uh, and it's pretty obvious he's one of the ghosts from the outset. He is basically just a downright evil, like he is just this evil spirit in the book. And it's like, it's a short book, it's like 60 pages. He is just this downright evil spirit 
And, like, there's no redeeming factor to him. So, like, it's a lot more interesting when it's not something as simple as it's just this evil character. And so, like, there's some depth to him. So even though he is a a bad guy, like, he isn't all bad makes it a lot more interesting to me. And the same with, like, the Miss, uh, like, just all of the ghosts having, instead of it just being, like, the typical... I'm an evil ghost. I'm a vengeful spirit. There was some ulterior motives and some explanations for what was going on. Yeah. So that I that I appreciated. I sincerely did because that that made the story more interesting. But as for like the regular everyday characters, um I'm assuming that what the the red door moment, the red room moment you're talking about is in regards to uh, the housekeeper gross? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I mean that one was even more obvious that I didn't really even count that one. So, well, well you see, the thing is that that was completely different from what was in the book. So I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, I, so that was so. Well, spoiler alert here. I think we're gonna just kind of get into it. It's been out for a while, but skip ahead. I don't know five minutes uh, if if the, if you're you're still gonna watch it. Um, no, so like the first scene you meet her, you know something's up because like she's out of it, looking down the well, and then for the rest of the yeah, series, she well, just doesn't the, eat. Well, yeah, this is the thing though. The in, in the book, that's how the character is written, is that she's absent-minded and just never present. Uh, like, so. she's just always... So I was just reading that as she had read the source material, and that's how the character is supposed to act. Gotcha. See, I didn't... I didn't... I never read the book. I just know the, the story. Um. Yeah. And so, like, the that was an interesting twist that I, that I liked, because it gave an explanation for why she was this absent-minded housekeeper... That, like, she really, she still cared about the children, but, like, there was a reason why she was always, like, on another planet. Yeah, gotcha. But, no, I was talking about how you could tell when somebody was possessed because their eyes changed. I didn't notice that. What What do you mean the, the eyes changed? Like, anytime the kid, or, yeah, or even at the end, like, anytime anyone was possessed with the spirit, one of their eyes was a different color than the other one. I didn't see that at all. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I mean, they they talk about it at the end when she's possessed, like a holding water lady in her for like however long. But uh, I I noticed that it was like in her eyes, but I didn't notice that like her eyes were both like each one was a different color. Yeah, one was like blue and one was brown, and so like any time the kids were being like dicks, or I guess mostly just the the boy was being a dick, like his eyes were different colors. Because he was being possessed mm-hmm. by Peter Quint or whatever his name was. That might be the that might be yeah. Star Lord. <laughs> no, Peter Quill. Peter Quills. Quint. Peter Quill is Star Lord. Yeah. Star Lord. But yeah, the I thought once again though, like I just thought it was obvious when the kid was being possessed or not. Yeah, I mean, because he did like, and and I think that I thought I could have sworn you saw the Turn of the Screw, the movie, because I thought one of your biggest complaints was like. It just looked obvious. It was too obvious that the kids were just being dicks the whole time. Maybe. Not. Yeah. But in this one, no, that was that was the reason I didn't go see it. 
Oh, uh, okay. Was okay. because I th- was because I was like, this is this is going to be annoying. Yeah. So this one, I I really liked how the the kids were like it was very back and forth, and until you realized they were being possessed, you didn't really know where they were coming from. And so I I I enjoyed the writing of the children a lot more. Um. That that being said, I didn't like the child actors as much as I liked the one like Nell and uh, I don't remember what the, the the brother's name was from the Hill the, House. Oh, Peter Peter Quint. No, no, no. The bro- oh, like in oh, Hill House. Uh, Luke. Yeah, yeah. Luke. Nell and Luke. I, think- I thought that I thought that Flora did a great job at sort of relaying her character. Uh, Miles was okay. But, like, they weren't... The children weren't meant to be, like, deep characters. Yeah. They were basically just sort of there as the 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 possession victims was their reason for existing. Yeah, so, also, question for you, then. How closely does this follow Turn of the Screw? Because it's, you've already brought up two examples that I was surprised are in the, like, 62-page novel or whatever. Because my my theory or my thought at least is that it doesn't follow it very closely, especially based on how it ends. But I- it it actually does follow. The ending is not the same because in the ending she saves the. This is a spoiler for the book. In the ending of the book, uh, they save Flora, but Peter Quint kills Miles. Okay. And and that's that's what happens to him. So and isn't this where you're trying to in the book it kind of leaves it ambiguous as to if the housekeeper was insane or not? Or like the au pair, or the au pair, the, the nanny. Uh yeah, it is it is left up in the air that she could have just been a crazy person. Yeah. So that that I mean that's what I was talking about because this one it's very she's definitely not well, yes, and I mean that like with the addition of the the basically everything from episode eight I, that was the episode or well whichever episode where it was basically entirely the Victorian history of the home, yeah, like super exposition ghost story, yeah, just the the source of the haunting essentially yeah. okay uh so yeah with with the except like that with that being included. It basically meant that, like, they ba- it. It was strange to me that they seemed to feel the need to explain away the source of the haunting, as if it people couldn't have just died in a tragic way on the property, and then that's why it's haunted. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad we're on this because I think that is my biggest problem that I have with this series. Is that it doesn't, I mean, sure, you can, it's it's supernatural, so it doesn't have to make 100% logical sense. But even that, like, it doesn't super make sense that it's just, like, this lady who was very stubborn and refused to die. And then even when she died, she somehow locked herself in a chest and then started this habit of, like, getting up and walking around that she then carried on. From the chest or from where her body was, like I don't know, I don't, I don't 100 love the exposition they gave. 
Yeah, it, it made zero sense. Like, it would have made a lot more sense if it was just like, yeah, these grounds are haunted. But then again, that's what they did for the haunting of Hill House, essentially. And so they probably wanted to do something different. And it also, actually, I the one good thing about that change and that, like, addition is that it really set up for, like, <clears throat> a, a a very good ending to what easily could have just been a ham-fisted lesbian romance that they threw in there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, I, I don't feel as if that was ham-fisted at all. Uh, yeah, but it easily could it have been, is what I'm saying. Been. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it was done very well, but I I think that how it how they managed to use that like create a backstory that sort of explained what as the reason why she came to to England and then that led into the romance and like all of that it the story arc there made perfect sense and it built it added to the character as opposed to just being like this unnecessary aspect that they threw in um I also really liked how the what one of the strangest parts about the the story that was included is that the way that the story starts is that everyone's just sitting around in a cabin and one of the guys starts telling the story so like you know how in the first episode it's it's actually the woman that does that yeah. But it, everyone's just gathered in, like, an area, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that happened. And that's actually how they start the story in the book as well. So I, I like that. Like, I didn't mind the frame setting. I kind of – sometimes I don't really like stories frame set. Um, I just don't quite understand how, like – because, like, Ellen was there, and, like, the uncle was there. And I get that maybe the kids forgot, but they just sat through the whole story again. Like, I don't understand why she was telling it as if it happened. Like, and, like, half the people there witnessed it. Well, I I don't think it was half the people there. I think it was, like, two people there. Well, actually, was it two people there? I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, it would have just been the two people. And there was a group of, like, a dozen people. And so she's trying to sort of relay the message... Um, what, what is it that they, they, they're trying to sort of relay the message of what they learned from that traumatic event? I mean, I, yeah, I guess it was because Flora and Miles were still, well, at least Flora was, but then I guess if they forgot, it wouldn't have been, so it wouldn't have been repetitive to her. I don't know if she was like trying to jog her memory or what, mm-hmm. but, uh. Yeah, I, 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 so I, it's okay, I guess. It just, it, I don't know why Uncle Henry and Owen turned into totally different people. Uh, I don't know if that's how you age. And also the time, the timeline was a little confusing to me because I guess she turned into a, a totally different person too. And like, it all happened in what, like 16 years? Is that, because Flora was what, like eight? And then she was getting married to like twenty two or something. Um, I don't know. We don't have to go into the exact. It is the time frame of like the. Well, the the year it happened was nineteen eighty nine, if I'm not mistaken, 
And then the year that this took place was 2017. So it would have been 18 years later. Uh, okay, so it was that all took place in 18 years. But when... Spoiler alert for the next two minutes. But when uh, Danny dies... Like, Jamie still is the same actress who plays Jamie the whole time. And presumably that was, like, what, maybe five years tops ago? And now they're, she's, like, very old and gray. Not very old. Well, I don't think you got it. Like, it wasn't... Like, the actors and actresses were there switched out as a way to hide the reveal at the end. Oh, uh, so that wasn't supposed to be her, like, aged up. That was, like, real her. Yes. Okay. That's dumb, but whatever. <laughs> because, what, they're hiding it from us that she's telling the story? Well, she's also not using the real names either. And so it's sort of, it, it's relaying it. And, like, she also mentions that Bly Manor isn't actually what the place is called. Like, all, all of these are, she's lying about the details so that she can actually tell the story. Because otherwise, she's going to bring up this thing that they decided it was better not to actually tell them had happened to them. I guess. So, yeah, okay. So, they didn't all morph into different people. She was just, I, I got, I get it. Okay. I thought they were just trying to suggest time passed so they all looked different because they're older. I, I mean, their faces looked nothing alike. Yeah. The, uh, Owen was the most obvious one. Yeah, I just thought they were being lazy in their casting. I don't know. They didn't want to put in the CGI to age up people. For, like, one scene, they would have just done makeup and shot all the scenes in a day. I, th- I, I don't the- know. It was, it was bugging me. I mean, now it makes sense. You'd have, you've put me on the right course, so... And that was honestly one of my biggest peeves about the movie, but or not or the series. And then I think, secondly, I don't really get the whole Mrs. Gross deal. Like, she could still touch stuff, but when Peter Quint died, he couldn't. And it's just. I think it's because like, she didn't. She didn't realize. What had happened? She, like, still believed herself to be alive, so then... Yeah, exactly. Whereas both of the other two saw their own bodies. Alright, that... That's kind of what I had suspected, but still wanted to air my grievance with it. That's the that's the explanation provided. If you don't like that explanation, I completely understand. Yeah, like, I don't know. I still... Because she still saw it, but then she, like, forgot about it. I guess maybe it, the the reader of the novel would know, like that maybe the airheadedness or like the aloofness comes in there. Well, like I said, the airheaded or aloofness do, is explained otherwise in this. So like, it's kind of it's kind of up in the air at that point. But it's also worth noting that like the only there are only six characters really in that have any actual lines in the entire book it's miles flora or i'm not even sure if they technically have lines so seven seven even characters in the entire story there's gross uh danny flora miles the uncle peter and miss jessel those are the seven people so 
The Gardener is doesn't exist. Owen doesn't exist. The entire backstory about the uh, the countess or the duchess or whatever that lived in the house before that doesn't exist it's it's just those seven people okay so yeah i mean they obviously had it's 60 pages or whatever so they had to do a lot of uh editorializing they had to add some some filler in but no i I think they did it well because i mean those are my biggest grievances and one was totally explained and then the other one is i don't know it's it's acceptable i suppose well, actually, no. I, the biggest grievance is still the backstory. Why? How'd she lock herself in a box and then get out of the box, but not really? And that never—that doesn't make any fucking sense. But other than that, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I'm gonna have to rewatch Hill House soon because I don't think I gave it a proper shot the first time. Why? Why do you feel that? I I just I do not remember it as fondly as I remember like watching this one and I think it's just because like I went into it like this is the you know the first time I saw a horror series like this especially you know one done by what I forget what the director the directors aren't they like brothers siblings I don't know it doesn't matter and I was expecting more of like a traditional horror story feel of like oh, it's spooky all the time and it, I mean, it delivered some good spooks and some good, like, background stuff. But it was a lot more, I don't know, like, story than I expected. It was just, There was just a lot more to it. And I don't think I gave I gave the format its proper, uh, like, the proper... Chance. Yeah, the proper diligence it needed. Because, mm. like, I barely remember any of the story. But, yeah, that's, uh... I think, I think that's pretty much all... I have to say about Bly Manor. I mean, it's good. I think you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, I don't know. You got anything else? I I would just say that it's ready for the red carpet. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, no, that's it. I was I I don't know. I I because I mean, there's other stuff we could go into. I just feel like it's not really worth it. Like it is not. Yeah. I will say I liked. I thought the dollhouse was really interesting and creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how like the dolls corresponded to like the actual placements of things, and that kid was just responsible for moving them. Or I guess maybe Flora did too. I don't know. I really like that touch, especially at the beginning where it kind of pans through the rooms and you see like all the weird shit. Because it's a good foreshadowing of being like, I wonder what kind of nonsense is going on here. And that's my that's my that's my last thought about it. I just wanted to throw that in. But yeah, it's it's ready for the red carpet for sure. All right, and I don't have anything to plug. Uh, so if there is there anything else we wanted to add? Well, here let's do we'll do a little shop talk for like two minutes here. I think rather than run a Twitter, do you think we should start an Instagram? I mean, we can do we can do whatever your little heart desires. Okay, well, there you go. We might have an Instagram soon. It's going to be probably the same handle, but we'll get to that probably next week, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for, for plugs. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Until next time? Until next time?